calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Nightmare Magazine Story Podcast. Nightmare Magazine is edited by Wendy Wagner. The stories of this podcast are produced by Skyboat Media, directed by Stefan Rudnicki and Gabrielle DeCure, in association with Jim Freund. I'm Jack Kincaid, your host for one last time. I've been the host of the Nightmare Magazine Podcast since its inception in 2012, and it's been my pleasure to bring you nightmares twice a month since then. The experience will always be a part of me, as all experiences are. But as experiences go, this was a great one with an awesome team of people that I count among the best that I've ever known. So here we are more than eight years later for the 205th episode, and while our time together with me as your host has come to an end, Nightmare Magazine's great tradition of bringing you the best in horror fiction will continue on into a bright future with a new marvelous host who will guide you through the darkest of places. As for us, this isn't goodbye, but until we meet again somewhere else in the vast landscape of the podcast world. You can find me at one of my haunts, such as in the sci-fi cyberpunk audio drama series Edict Zero at edictzero.wordpress.com where the blue fire tea is to die for. Now let's do this one more time. Here we go. Our next offering for the February issue is Hairy Legs and All by Stephen Graham Jones. The story's read for you by Stefan Rudnicki. Hairy Legs and All is copyright 2021 by Stephen Graham Jones. Stephen Graham Jones is the author of 25 or so novels and collections, and there's some novellas and comic books in there as well. Most recent are The Only Good Indians and Night of the Mannequins. Next is My Heart is a Chainsaw. Stephen lives and teaches in Boulder, Colorado. 
And so ends this week's intro. So, without further ado, let's have a nightmare. Hairy Legs and All by Stephen Graham Jones Like the time you put the shoes on you hadn't worn for maybe two years, but you just saw there in the corner of the closet, and you wondered why you'd stopped wearing them since you kind of liked who you were that summer, or at least you remember that summer favorably. And these shoes were definitely part of it, so trying to maybe live a little bit of that time again, you hauled them out, stepped both feet into them, right first, then left, like always, only what you didn't realize but should have considered was that maybe a dark, forgotten shoe cave like that in the way back of the closet might be the perfect, cool, musty place for a tarantula to sleep one off for a month or two, however spiders live or hibernate or do whatever they do, which is to say, not some normal little spider going golden pale in the winter from no food, no blood, but a full-on hair legged tarantula, which generally makes you kind of freak the hell out anyway, and climb whoever happens to be standing next to you, that kind of spider. The one that usually just nests in the back of your mind, waiting for a slack moment to pounce, and your toes in your right sock didn't just blunder into this suddenly very real spider. They pretty much crushed it, and cranking the laces down tighter probably only hurt it more. Six of its eight legs surely cracked beyond saving, the other two crammed behind it, useless. But in the last moments, when it sensed its death coming down through the mouth of its perfect cave, it had enough time to turn to face this attacker, your foot, your toes, such that when it was dying and before you could untie the knot in your laces you'd blundered into because your fingers were having the panic attack of all panic attacks, that desperate lashing-out tarantula had time to bite into your longest toe six times lacerating the tip, each incision another wasp sting at least, except worse because your mind was working fast, you knew exactly what was in this shoe, you knew you should have shaken it, tapped its heel on the floor, maybe paid to have an x-ray shot just in case, but spiders are soft tissue. That would have been stupid. Only its sharp little mandibles would have shown up, or whatever it was biting you with, its rack of shiny eyes wheeling in the darkness, its own juices soaking into the white of your sock, and because you hadn't gotten the shoe off yet to look, to see, this was still just a spider, and for all you knew, because this was just your luck, it was probably a brown recluse. Why not? The king of all brown recluses, meaning your foot was going to go necrotic, you were going to have a crater of rotten skin where your toes used to be, and no more sandals now, no more barefooting it to the mailbox, those days were over, Summer's gone forever, you're in winter now for the duration, and you were hopping backward across your bedroom with all this reeling through your head, you were yipping and starting to cry, and when the knot still wouldn't come out, was only getting worse and tighter, another bite, sting, whatever spiders do. You went on the attack, kicked the side of the bed with your hurting foot, then the wall, then the frame of the door, three times hard, which started the dog barking in the other room, but screw him. He should have found this monster in your shoe weeks ago. He should have sniffed it out, chewed it up, 
And then Sid's footsteps were pounding in from the kitchen because what is all this clamor about? The main thing in the world you were wishing for right then, please, 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 was a button you could push to take back the last minute. You were wishing you'd detonated those stupid shoes. You were wishing that, that... You were wishing that summer hadn't been a good enough summer that you'd want to remember it by slipping into a shoe from that time. And that was when the coldness tunneled up from your foot along the inside of your thigh, across your pelvis, and into your heart, the back of your throat, your eyes, your memory, and it was poison. You knew it was poison, that it was traveling along nerve pathways or hormone pathways, or it didn't matter. But then it went cold enough that your foot suddenly didn't hurt anymore, was just numb, which you assumed was some kindness nature had programmed into this venom, some way of calming the prey so as to make the end soft, ease it, you into death. And maybe part of that was your senses dulling, because now the dog wasn't barking anymore, and now Sid's footsteps stilled, and the smells of dinner were somehow gone too, meaning your nose and your ears were fading, probably meaning your vision would be next. Hold on. You're about to fall backward into some forever black void. And instead of spending your last few rods and cones on Sid's worried face coming down the hall for you, you looked down to this guilty shoe, this traitor of a shoe, and your fingers, calmer now that you're accepting this death, they finally beat that idiot knot, and you slung the shoe away with a yell, one that's probably going to stop Sid cold in the doorway, because you're not supposed to get mad enough to throw things anymore. You're supposed to be past that, only she would have been here by now, and the dog should have been here even before that, which made about zero sense now that you were thinking about it. So to prove to her that she should have hurried to save you, to at least witness whatever violent thing was happening in the bedroom, you padded over to that shoe, flipped it upright with a coat hanger, and tapped the heel on the ground to pour the spider out. But when it didn't pour like a dead spider should, you angled the shoe up, held the tongue out of the way to look inside, and there that tarantula was bunched up in the toe like you knew it would be hairy legs and all, and it was glaring hard at you with its eight eyes, with its eight unburst eyes, which is when you finally clocked that all its legs were working and functional too. There what was holding it there against your tapping. There what was keeping it from shaking out. So holding this shoe as far from you as possible, you carried it into the other room like evidence, already forming the story for Sid, making it even more dramatic and terrifying than it was only... only... Not only had she not made it to the bedroom yet, but neither were the black-and-white barn photographs all along the hallway. The ones she brought when she moved in, and the dog she'd brought's raggy bed wasn't by the sliding glass door in the living room anymore either. Meaning your place, you had to realize, had to admit, was pretty nearly what it was before you even met her, which was... That's why that summer was so great. That's the summer you met her. That's when you first had these shoes, except just now, in a fit of pain and rage and short-sightedness, you wished on every star you'd ever seen or would see, you offered your soul and more in trade anything to stop this pain, this abject and all-encompassing terror. And for once, maybe because you were so desperate, so insistent, 
or maybe because something with a sense of humor was listening, you wished this pain and terror away just like you wanted, just like you needed, only doing that involved going back and back to why you were going to have put that shoe on in the first place, and now that magical summer, it's gone. You're now in a branch of your life where that summer passed uneventful, like all the summers before, like all the summers waiting up ahead, and the only thing you got for that is that the second toe on your right foot never got bit into by a spider. And when you looked into that shoe for that spider again, to wish harder, to wish it all back, please undo this trade, it was gone, of course, never to return. Like Sid. Like everything. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the story. Please consider making a stop at our website at nightmare-magazine.com. If you'd like to help spread the word about the Nightmare Magazine podcast, go to iTunes, find the Nightmare Magazine podcast, and leave a review or rating there. Nightmare Magazine is published by John Joseph Adams. If you haven't already subscribed, check out our many options at nightmare-magazine.com slash subscribe. The stories of this podcast are produced by Skyboat Media, the most respected independent audio production team on the West Coast. They are headed by the Audi and Grammy award-winning narrators Stefan Rudnicki and Gabrielle DeCure. You can check out Skyboat Media's website at skyboatmedia.com. Post-production is in association with Jim Freund. Music and sound logos are composed and performed by yours truly, Jack Kincaid. There's other ways you can be notified of new Nightmare Magazine content. You can subscribe to our free monthly newsletter, RSS feed, follow us on Twitter, or like our Facebook page. If you visit nightmare-magazine.com and click on this month's editorial, you'll find links to all of our social media pages. This podcast is copyright 2019 by Nightmare Magazine. Thanks for joining us. Sleep tight. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.